Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. So this week is International Women's Day. Uh, so I thought it'd be nice to do a themed episode and as I think it's fair to say I'm not really qualified for to talk about uh, life as a disabled woman I have a plethora of returning guests first um, coming back for the first time is Taylor hello hello and Rejoining me for, I believe this will be a fourth, a fourth episode. First, we have Cecilia. Hiya. Also, for the her fourth episode from America is Ellie. Hi. Thank you. And as uh, I'm sure she would like to put it, saving best till last for her fifth episode, Erin. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm doing the little, little, like, guns flex right now. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will enjoy that <clears throat> image. Uh, and it is worth saying that we may get uh, some interruption from Aaron's dogs throughout the episode. They are very opinionated. Yeah. Particularly so, about women's issues. True. Yeah, well, they, they they very much did like sharing their opinions. The last episode Aaron was on about uh, disability representation, so we'll we'll see like what. Transporting dogs. Yes. Uh, so again, as I sort of said, not really qualified myself, so I am gonna take a back seat and allow you to. Go ahead. Uh, shall I give the reins to you, Erin? Oh, such pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess I'm hoping that it's going to kind of flow naturally, but I think we sort of talked a bit before recording about um, the intersectionality of, of having a disability and, and being a woman and like how sometimes that can kind of... Well, it can intersect, can't it? And <clears throat> I thought maybe we could talk about experiences of, of instances like that. Um, I've definitely had, and I, I, I hope someone, I'm, I'm also very short, which I also think I'm five foot, like one on a good day, you know, <laughs> so sometimes I think that that might have something to do with it as well. But I've definitely had uh, professional experiences um, where perhaps um, a man has been a little patronizing. And there's a there's that attitude of kind of like oh she tried oh how cute like once somebody actually patted me on the head oh god in, in a <laughs> professional circumstance and I remember just thinking and and he kept saying things like it's amazing how hard you try 
you, you try oh. so hard. And I was sat there and I was thinking, I don't know, because he, even to uh, fully abled, you know, cisgendered women, um, he was, he had that attitude as well. Um, but it just seemed to be on steroids when it came to me. Do you um, think like your disability kind of enhanced that? Like, yeah, I yeah. think it was like, oh my gosh, she's a woman and she's blind. I mean, how how is she, you know, getting dressed in the mornings? I mean, the fact that she could even, you know, send an email is is incredible. Um, and I've I've definitely had that. Um, and it was almost like I didn't quite know how to deal with it because. You know, when, when someone treats you a certain way or even if you make a mistake yourself, right, and, and you are being uh, the best version of yourself, you can kind of assess it and assess why, mm-hmm. right? You can go, oh, God, you know, maybe maybe I'm actually, you know, struggling with this issue right now and I need help or um, oh, maybe, you know, they grew up in an environment that you know caused them to have like I don't know classist views or something like that um but with like those situations I'm like I don't know what the pro is it is it because I'm a woman is it because I'm blind like what's what's happening here and so it it made it really hard for me to deal with because I physically didn't know like how to address it you know Mm. I was like oh I, I don't know what it is and um, looking back on it now, it's like, no, I think it was being a disabled woman. Um, you know, and mm. and also I should clarify, you know, he wasn't being violent or threatening and, you know, it wasn't that kind of issue. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. either way, it's still uncomfortable, right? So Right, yeah. yeah. That was the thing. It was more like, you know, when people try too hard, they're trying too hard to be nice. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I it, it made it really difficult to deal with. He wasn't saying anything outwardly wrong. It was just like, really? Like, is, is, is this a thing? And I definitely noticed him do it with other women, but I felt like it was so much more But I, I feel me. like the difficult thing with those kind of situations is, like, what you were saying. When they're not obviously being violent or, you know, it doesn't seem that they're doing it in a malicious way. You kind of feel like you obviously want to say something about it and try mm. and pass that apart and, and tell them what they're doing. But you also kind of worry, like, could they turn on you because they feel like they're somehow doing yeah. like, like they're being how... extra nice to you. You think, oh, God, are they going to, you know, yeah. shout to you or, or and, and I completely felt like that. Like, I was like, particularly sometimes I feel like I'm a representative for all blind people mm. because they've never met a blind person before, which, first of all, shouldn't be the case. Like, don't, like, honestly, there are other blind people who are very, very different to me. (laughs) Um, And, you know, but there was that thing of like, oh, my God, what if I say something and either he does turn on me or he now thinks that, like, all blind people are like me because there are blind people who do need more assistance and more help than me. I I have a reasonable amount of vision left. So, 
you know, I didn't want to like turn him down and then for him to stop helping other blind people in the future mm-hmm. if they crossed paths. And, and it was a whole, it, I was glad that contract ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really like, the minefield. I really know how you feel with that, not for like the same reasons. And like, I hope this is relevant because it's not necessarily specifically about the female experience kind of kind of not but I've had those kind of things not necessarily with my blindness but with being um trans you know people don't get it people ask questions I've had like questions directed at me like oh what do you have down there how can you call yourself like a heterosexual woman if you haven't been snipped like stuff like that and it's like if if you react badly then it's like you know oh you're just like a a whiny like you know so SJW trans but like it's it's hard not to because it's like so dehumanizing in that kind of treatment to, to be defined by what your body is like the the areas that no one should be seeing unless you're intimate with somebody um so on that level like even though it's not the same I definitely get it no it's still that same thing of feeling the weight of you know your community on your shoulders so mm. I definitely yeah relatable. yeah I mean my I guess my kind of one experience like when I was trying to think when we were talking about doing this podcast about experiences I've had I think it's it's like it's again kind of blindness related and, and I feel like it intersected with with the fact that I am female um <clears throat> but not exactly the same as your example Ellie but I was uh I, I do like comic cons and stuff like that that's something I enjoy doing and I, I go on my own quite a lot um, I do have some vision, but I find it difficult to to navigate around. Um, so I wanted to go and and uh, get an autograph for this uh, this voice actor I really wanted to go and see. So the line was too difficult to go to, like it was just a kind of mess. So I went to the kind of front desk of sorts to ask this guy if he would basically just show me where the back of the line was. Um, and he he came out and he he basically like you know how when you guide somebody like I was asking to be guided. And normally, as a blind person, you would put your your hand on, like, basically the above their elbow, right? Yeah. So I did yeah. that, and he, like, kind of manhandled me and make, like, when you link somebody, you know, kind of elbow and elbow, mm-hmm. he very, like, firmly did that to me. Did that all the to time. To try and guide me. Yeah. Yeah, And me I too. feel like it's situations like that, that happens, and you think, like, that's <laughs> is that them trying to be nice is it them actually being creepy as well and it's that thing of if you you know and I did say like oh that's um and I tried to move my arm and he just very firmly kept it like that and you you feel like you then can't you can't refuse that yeah I've, I've had really I've had a really really similar thing happen with that exact thing and and part of me was like oh is he being creepy and another part of me was like does he just not know how to guide? Yeah. And he's trying yeah. to be nice. And but he's trying to be like, me? hey, I've got you. I've, do you know what I mean? Because he kept like moving my arm back into his and like tapping my arm. <laughs> like, it's okay. I've got you. No need to worry. Right. And it's like, you know, it's like, I, I, that's a really good example of like, I don't know what this is. Do and I need to a, worry? There's such a power dynamic there in that situation yeah. as well because they have the power to just leave you. It's not just men that do that, though. I've had other women do that as well. Mm. Yeah, so have I. And I feel like sometimes it's like you can even 
in some t- situations you can try and explain, you know, how you'd like to be guided. But other times I feel like even when you do that, it's just, it's as if they don't really hear what you're saying and they kind of just continue doing it. And then it gets really awkward, I think. Yeah. Well, you kind of, you kind of think like most of the time when people do that, like you've barely met them or you barely know them. Yeah. Am I ever going to, like, meet this person again? I just, like, can't be bothered to, like, explain this. Like, maybe that's yeah. bad. It's like, I got no time. For me, no, it kind of depends on the day. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it's bad at all. Like, they can Google. Like, it shouldn't be on, like, you know, if we're getting assistance at a train station, it shouldn't be on us to explain that, right? Like... Yeah. It, it I feel like though, like, unfortunately, it is. Yeah, so well, but it shouldn't. I don't know. I feel like if they, if I don't know, if someone's never guided you before, I feel like it's fine if you don't necessarily know. But then I think, you know, a big deal shouldn't really be made out of it. Then I think it's just, you know, if they say, "Oh, how how would you like to be guided?" and if they do it in a way that you don't like, then I just think it's, it can be important to just tell them and then you know it's fine and then they know for next time um, well i think the, yeah. oh sorry no sorry I think, the, I think the problem here is like you know these these matters are like so undereducated like there's so yeah. much ableism in society like there really is like and it sounds very confrontational and like i'm i'm bashing all people who are not disabled and not at all but it's just like so much of a lack of knowledge um, about blindness. Um, mm. It's like that's the last thing. Like you know, we we have you know education about race, sexuality, um, you know, gender identity, and that's all brilliant. Keep that. Yeah. But can we not like add education about disabilities and stuff like that? Mm. Or even just the kind of empathy to put yourself in another person's shoes and think like right. if that was you how would you feel because i know recently yeah. there's been um is it hashtag ass don't touch like there was uh i think it's dr amy kavanagh she's a like a, a blind activist yeah. on twitter there's been like a lot of because you know people will do that as well like if you're trying to cross a road often people will mm-hmm. grab you if you're in a wheelchair or if you're blind mm-hmm. or etc you know and it's a big problem and it, obviously it affects you and it really shakes you when people do that to you when you're in like what it's ostensibly you're in a vulnerable position when yeah. you know it completely throws off how you're able to navigate yeah. the world it's quite and scary when that this, happens this may be a bit of sexism showing on my part but i i'm shaken more when a man does it than a woman does it yeah I don't 100%. Like, it's not how it should be but statistically like more violence like men even like for someone like me on hormones like you know hormone even though like I I like have you know a larger bone structure like the muscle mass goes down you you become like you know a little less strong and like men Mm. with their testosterone are stronger average on average not completely obviously but on average than than women trans cis or otherwise yeah, and it's even the perceptions and the dynamic of even, it, like, because I'm nearly six foot, like, and I'm, you know, I'm not exactly like a twig or anything like that. I don't think I could beat somebody up, but I, you know, I feel less vulnerable in a sense than if I were, say, your height, Ellie. 
but at the same time if a man approaches you and if you know there's there's still a kind of dynamic there if they perceive you to be female there's yeah yeah I don't <laughs> I don't know how much further to go into that but you know I feel like it's it's not even necessarily a, a physical like how strong you are compared to them sometimes it's it's more mm. about the dynamic of that mm. situation yeah and then sometimes mm. I feel bad for judging the men like well, sometimes I feel bad for doing that but it's like you know it's that idea of like it's all men until it's no men mm. I can't mm. trust I can't you know as much as I would like logically right now in a you know in this situation where I'm non threatened at all you know I can sit here and go oh but it's you know it's not all men but you know in if a guy if I'm crossing a road and a guy just grabs my arm he might be the loveliest man on earth but in that moment it could be Mm. it could be all men and I don't know and I have to act like it's all men and that's just exhausting Mm. (laughs) yeah like that kind of thing it kind of goes like there's another level of it for me because you know it's it's not just being blind and being a woman but also and like I haven't really had much experience of this um I you know lockdown problems I kind of don't go out that much anymore um not at the moment but you know there's that fear that you know a lot of not I don't want to say a lot but there is a big proportion of men who are timid are intimidated by the idea of trans women in especially if they feel attraction to it and Mm. I'm kind of lucky in the sense that like I'm possible at this point I'm a woman who has been able to assimilate into society as a woman but you know you always have that fear like if you if something, you know, goes wrong or, like, they find out something. And then there's, like, you know, sorry, I lost my thought. Um, no, but there's a lot of, there's precedent for that, yeah. though, isn't there? I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's been, like, legal stuff about even when horrible things like that happen. And some men have gotten away with the defense of, like, I was so shocked in that sense. moment that it was right. justified shooting her in the face or whatever horrible thing they've done you know mm. and I think it's it totally makes sense to you know that's that extra layer to you it does create like a, a more scarier um environment and even if like nothing did happen like there's always like whenever I meet people like there's always that thing like there's a big part of myself because like even though being a trans woman doesn't define me it's still a big part of my my life because it's very prevalent I've I've lived most of my early life having to fight to get to this point and it it's like prevalent in my life but like with with people it's like there's automatically you know a barrier between me and people like and I can get as close to someone as I want to but I always have to think like you know in the case of men like are they gonna be like weird with me when I tell them in the case of women, other women, are they going to feel threatened if I if I tell them? Are things going to be the same? Like there's there's kind of you know I don't have necessarily the luxury of like just making friends and like you know having them understand me and dating is like yeah. Mm-hmm. I completely relate to that. Um, on a different note, but still within the uh, alphabet mafia umbrella. 
uh, as I like to call it, as, as a bisexual person, uh, as a as a bisexual person, like sometimes I meet people and I, you know, I friendship, dating, whatever it is, right? I just I meet somebody and I really really like them, and I think, oh God, what what if they're really biphobic? What mm. what if they really, you know, what I mean? And it makes you it, like there's this idea that uh, like uh, somebody in the community comes out. And then it's done. It's like, no, you're coming out for the rest of the life. Absolutely. Like, like you, there's always, like, like, it always happens at some point in a friendship with somebody, you, or whatever it is, you know, the fact that I'm bi will have to come into it. Even though, you know, I'm in a heterosexual relationship, mm. um, I'm still bi. Like, that doesn't change. Right. <laughs> um, and you know, I've had that as well. It's like, what do you mean you're you're bi? I, I've I've met Justin, and I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's um, a funny question to ask. Yeah. So I I completely and obviously on in a different way, and bi people don't face as much um, physical hardship and violence as the transgender community do. But I understand that feeling of like, oh, when do I tell them? Do I tell them now? Should I try and bring it up in conversation and see how they react? Mm. Like sometimes I do that. You know, I'll be like, a, like oh, uh, what do you think of RuPaul's Drag Race? You know, just to try and gauge their reaction, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Um, that, that's kind of the way you have to like work around these things because that's like, there's no other way like I've literally I I've had this like it's been online sure but like even online you're still like making interpersonal connections with people I've had people like speak to me and we've gotten on really well and it comes out I'm trans and I'm like I'm like dead to them <laughs> I, it's like you know so that's really the only way you can kind of decide with people to like just ask about the community objectively see what they think mm. Yeah, and sometimes as well, I think that's the safest thing to do. Um, I, I've definitely felt that for me, where I've like, you know, asked those kind of prodded around, asked those questions, you know, found that you know they are biphobic, or you know, the big one is thinking bi people are greedy, or you know, definitely going to cheat, or all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting out now. Because right now you're saying things that are biphobic, but I don't know whether you would act physically on that disdain. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I'm gonna get out now. <laughs> so or you it's don't like even know. not physically though. Like it's still like you know you don't want to be like getting close to someone who you know is not gonna accept you for yourself. Like you don't want to make yourself vulnerable to someone yeah. who is just gonna like toss it back in your face. Yeah. Anybody have that experience about blindness? Um, there's there's an open question because I don't quote unquote look blind, and I've definitely yeah. had that experience with like, do I tell them? When do I tell them? When do I bring? It I up? know exactly what you mean, and it happens to me so often, especially if I don't have my cane on me. And you know when like you have a conversation with someone where you haven't, if I have if I've kind of stood still or if I'm sat in a chair and you know someone sits next to me and and we chat for a while I never really know if I should tell them that I'm blind because like 
all of a sudden you can end up in a really awkward situation where you know they think like why why are you doing that you know like why are you all of a sudden <laughs> walking into something or why why aren't you you know looking at me let's say they moved or something and <laughs> it's I don't know I feel like usually it's easier to just tell them but then you can end up in a situation where people start mm, treating you differently if that makes sense oh definitely yeah yeah I've got to say kind of I mean I I have some vision um yeah I I COVID has been really nice in a sense that when I have gone out when in places where we had to wear masks obviously it's not really Mm -hmm. much of a thing anymore but because I would take off my glasses anyway because they'd steam up um and my I mean I can sort of my, my vision's about the same with or without my glasses to be honest yeah. it's one of those things where it just helps a little but I like the excuse of being able to tell people oh sorry I've not got my glasses and just acting like that was why I was blind you know like because I was wearing the mask and it was, yeah. it was just kind of a convenient excuse to not have to go oh I'm registered blind and you know that's a good point actually, yeah. <laughs> like it was just because other sighted people would probably be experiencing that it was yeah you know, it's kind of convenient I also find that saying I'm registered blind is always really tricky because you have to then go through like this whole thing of like, well, technically it's severely sight impaired. Um, and like, then you have to explain like, okay, so by blind, I don't mean that I just see like blank, like I have this yeah. much vision. Mm. And like, if you're Some not people careful, would think you're lying, wouldn't they? If you, if you display yeah. you have any kind of vision, like there was that picture a while ago of, um, Somebody took a picture of a, a woman with a cane using her smartphone, and it wasn't. Oh clear yeah, I remember when that went viral on social media. They're like, she's faking. Yeah. Like you I just end like... up in these really murky waters. How far do you want to explain this? Stuff? <laughs> I guess when you're totally blind, that's a bit easier because you can just say, "I can't see anything," mm. and then done. I haven't had that exact experience, like, wondering how people will react to me when I'm blind, because, like, I, I'm, i like, total, I've, like, I'm usually, like, with someone, and, like, when I'm just walking without my cane, people don't know, but it's kind of easier to do that, because people don't really move out of the way for you when yeah. you don't have that cane, so I have to, like, get it out even when I'm walking with someone, and I've always just kind of, like, it's been a lifelong thing, kind of just been... Like, you know, I've had pleasantries and people like, oh, you're so inspirational. But I've always kind of been like basically ignored, like undervalued, sidelined for my blindness. It's not really a case of like, if they knew, what would they think of me? Because they always know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's most of the time. I mean, that I might have a conversation with someone, but it's very unlikely, especially at... Um, kind of in our like age group as well like I find that a lot of younger people just don't want to don't seem to want to be around total people at least because they they think it's going to be an effort um like there's like a certain aspect of it where I'm like you know when you're not it's not like I have no social skills or anything I definitely have but it's like when you're not frequently socialized with people for being you know, signed blind, cut out, left out of life for your disability. There are going to be things, like, there are just things that you do differently. Like, I have to feel everything, like, and so I'm a little bit slower and stuff like that. And it's very hard to, you know, 
find people that are gonna be okay with that like and it it's just like you can see that you're not really measuring up you you know it but it's like I I don't really know how to change that I feel like it Mm -hmm. almost is a kind of passing situation like there are sort of parallels with it because it is like you need to you need to pass these like arbitrary things of you know you have to give somebody eye contact constantly and you can't do like weird quote unquote blind people things mm-hmm. around sighted company and you know you've got to like really if you're eating I don't know if anybody has the thing about like eating in front of sighted people you feel like a mess you don't want to make <laughs> that you have to the concentrate place. really have to try and use the cutlery yeah. but like you can't feel the food through cutlery you know <laughs> it's really yeah. difficult stuff's gonna fall off the plate it's just a mess and people don't yeah. like that and that they don't have understanding of that and I think you have to like you have to try so much harder even if you do have enough sight to to be able to do it you've got to like pick the days yeah. when you had the energy to to like pander to them <laughs> yeah and that's the other thing as well like when I hear people you know like um Taylor just said like that being around total people is an you know it's more of an effort have you ever been around sighted people yeah like they're worried about the effort they have to put in for us like oh my gosh the amount of stuff i have to do for sighted people so did people are so needy stuff like that like like eating in front you know, when you get I don't know if your connection just went so yeah. if it's my phone. No, I, I was just gonna I say um well. um Taylor's breaking up, yeah. I think we may have to repeat that. Okay, uh, can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I was saying like based on what Erin was saying, like that's kind of the reason why I don't really wanna go out anymore because it's like you know, when when you, you're in a position where you've always been total, um, you know, and you've always had to deal with this, like, throughout your life, it's like you start to feel like there's really no place for you in society. Um, and it, it's just like, I, if I was ever going to go out, I think about all the obstacles, like the eating, like, you know, not knowing where to go and not feeling co- like, it's like, like everyone else, like I, I want to create like a facade of being cool. Deal, you know, with it, just being like like other people, and it's really hard to do that when you have a disability that severe, when you literally have nothing. And so mm-hmm. that that's like a lot of the reason why, I'm like, I I don't want to deal with this. I'll just stay in. I think for me, who's like also total, I think it's something I definitely battled a lot with. It's like, that was just one. Sorry, go on. I think, because, yeah, just (laughs) the connection is there. Did you have something to say, Taylor? I mean, it's just because oh, you I've... cut out Taylor. It sounded like you'd finished, and you must yeah, have talked a little that. bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It, you you guys were cutting out for me, so I just turned my Wi-Fi off. It was like uh, um, there was this one time when I was at um university, and I was I was speaking to this girl, and she was like saying, you know, she was in my my class uh, there, and she was saying like, "Oh, you're gonna come out to the bar at some point." 
And I was like, yeah, maybe. But then I went back and I like thought about it. I was like, would you really want me? I'd just be like sitting there. No one talks to you when when you're blind. You know, no one. It's like barely anyone. And then it's just like they talk to you. You can't like move around the same way I sighted people do. How am I going to get back? And it's just like so many obstacles to just like mundane um, social interactions. It's just like, why even bother? It it can be really challenging. Like it, everything takes more effort. Um, when when you're blind or visually impaired, I know I feel that, and I have residual vision, so you know I imagine even more so when you're when you're total and you you know you have no no vision at all. Um. So I I can I can empathize with that a hundred percent. Yeah, the effort thing is is an, is another thing. It's like you know, it's not just the fact that you know it, it stops it impedes me socially in a lot of ways. It's like sometimes the fact like you just don't want that much effort just to be made by like making a cup of tea or making toast or like yeah. doing something really mundane. It's like I don't I don't have. The, the energy to spend 20 minutes doing something that a sighted person does in like a quarter of the time yeah it's making those decisions sometimes as well I feel like especially you know if you kind of there's such an emphasis on being independent as and that's like people put their value in being independent as well like the fact that they do stuff for themselves it makes them more like worthy as a person or whatever which is it's really kind of gross but um I think sometimes when you you kind of you know you could do something like sometimes when um because for me I have total night blindness so I there are times when I am like functionally completely blind um and sometimes you know if you're missing like one little thing and you want to pop out to the shop with it having been winter for the last few months um you know if that happens to me and I realize that at like five or six o'clock at in at night I think yeah I could go out and I could get my cane and I could go and like struggle to get to the shop and have my cane in one hand and this bag in the other. And like, God knows there's going to be roadworks and stuff like that. And you think in theory, I could do it independently, but also it's just going to take so much more, isn't it? Than, than if you just like had sight. <laughs> so sometimes you think, more. nah, I'll hit like, help. <laughs> Walking around the, at night being blind, also mm-hmm. being a woman. It's like, do I really yeah. want to, take that risk like I'm you too scared a hundred percent like I could just I had, grab you out of out of nowhere you yeah. don't see them coming I had an incident once where I'm I'm pretty sure I was followed home oh god really? like I am 90 percent sure I was followed home here's the thing I could have called the police I couldn't see them I can't give a description right like they like I could see no detail whatsoever. Yeah. And it's like, I've got, like, no idea. Like, and we also know, you know, often those reports aren't taken as seriously as they should be mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. let alone, oh, what did they look like? I don't know. What were they <laughs> yeah. wearing? I don't know. Like, like I could hear them. Yeah. You know when you could hear footsteps behind you? Oh, but, it's, like, it's- yeah. yeah, but it was for a really long time. So, you know, like, sometimes you hear it and you're like, oh, if they turn off at this road, mm-hmm. then you know it's not. Do you know what I yeah. mean? 
Like yeah. they didn't turn off for a road for like 10 minutes until I walked into my place. Mm. So it's like the mm. likelihood and it was like 8 p.m. at night. And I was like this, I feel uncomfortable. Like I feel like they're following me. And then like I thought about it and I was like, I would have nothing to tell the police. Yeah. And even, mm. I don't even know if they would do something about it if I did. You know, and that's a big thing I worry about is like, you know, things happening to women like us and I've had it personally where I haven't been able to kind of get the help I've wanted because I'm blind yeah and it's part of that intersectionality thing again you know of like we have these systems that um are made to support women quote-unquote but if you're not I guess the woman they want you to be whether that's fully abled or or white because race plays a part in it as well um or you know cisgendered then those systems that are supposed to serve you don't serve you anymore Hmm. it's Um, always yeah it's always my biggest fear what you just described you know being followed or things like that and to be honest I I never like I never go out at night on my own (laughs) for that reason I just I don't know even if yeah no sorry go on I was just going to say that, that it's just like being a double target, isn't it? You yeah, know, exactly. Mm-hmm. When you, you bring out a cane or a guide dog, it's just like, oh yes, <laughs> two times. <laughs> yeah, I know I've never been followed, but I remember I did go to the shop once because I, I do try and do it sometimes like and I think god I've just got to do it because then I know that I I at least can like sometimes when I've got the energy and I a guy like I I heard footsteps in front of me and someone like stopped some random stranger I don't yeah. know maybe it's just a northern thing like the stereotype of northern people just like chit chat with each other out in public even if you don't know each other but like probably eight o'clock at night this random dude just stopped he was like hey and I like I shat myself <laughs> Oh god, well, like, yeah, that's I it. Wouldn't. I'm gonna die. <laughs> and he just wanted to say hello. But I just thought, why are you stopping? Like, I'm I'm I've got my white cane. It's eight o'clock at night and I'm female. Why are you just stopping me as some random guy to to talk to me? How do you not realize that's that's really scary? <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes people think like it's you know, if there's stuff it's like, oh, maybe they wanna make you aware that they're there or they don't want to get in the way but sometimes it actually makes it worse mm-hmm. yeah 100% it's a minefield <laughs> yeah <laughs> like kind of kind of a weird thing to me because like ordinarily I'd love it if someone like actually said hi to me someone actually speaking to me what a novelty but you know when you're a woman you have to worry about these things like mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Why? Why are they speaking to me? Yeah. Like, what do they want? With- yeah. yeah. Do I seem like an easy target? Right. Like. Um. And and also, um. It it annoys me that I am. Like it 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 angers me as like as a feminist as a strong independent lady. <laughs> um. It angers me that at the end of the day, if somebody wants to hurt somebody. I am an easy target. Yeah. 
And no amount of like building my muscles is going to change that because I'm still blind. And like that, that annoys me. And that's something I have to almost not consider because I think it can be quite a dangerous um, thought spiral for me. Mm. So I try not to dwell on it too long, but I definitely think that sometimes. And, and I think it's something I struggled with in like my late teen years was like not feeling powerful and like trying to. You know, and so like I like I did a lot of like, well, nothing like I wasn't like breaking the law or anything like that. You know, uh, you know, I wasn't like, you know, killing people and hiding them in my basement. Mm. But, you know, that's exactly it, what somebody who had killed people and hide them in their basement would say, though. Yeah, this is all a ruse. This is all a ruse. <laughs> but definitely from like probably like the ages of like 17 to like probably like 20. Uh, I also just had a series of really like traumatic experiences as we've all had you know um that like added to that feeling of powerlessness that I have and so like my behavior like as a result of that was like all over the place and really sporadic because I just felt really out of control Mm -hmm. um and like there came a point where like I had to kind of go like all right, Ellie, like, people think you're insane and that's because you are. Um, but, like, like your behaviour is making you more powerless than it would if you just chilled out and stopped trying to prove how hardcore you were. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's why. I can, uh, I can kind of relate to that. Oh. Right. Sorry, how we're going for it. Should we say, <laughs> Cecilia, you go first and then Taylor. Let's do that. I, I really want someone to relate to that because I don't think I've ever said that out loud and I'm really insecure about it. Please relate. <laughs> I mean, it's it's slightly different, but like, I, I lost my sight, you know, late in life. I was 18. And it's kind of, you know, a very important time in your life, I guess, when you're kind of going from, you know, your late teens into adulthood and um one thing I found really difficult was like you know losing that independence and I guess I felt like I kind of had to prove to people that I was still you know that I was that strong person and that I could still do all these things even though it's you know it was really tough and I think I sometimes perhaps try to make myself show tougher than what I really am because I don't want my disability to kind of let me down yeah I I totally I I totally relate to that like it was all very like 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 I felt like subjugated because I was a woman and because I was a disabled woman so it's like I'm so fiercely independent and also I may be a woman but I'm hardcore and and you know screw anyone who says otherwise and like don't try and hold me hold don't try and hold me down and like like uh, like the whole thing was just like that took some therapy that that was serious therapy I essentially left R&C and went into therapy um but yeah I I I think feeling kind of less powerful has has a serious effect on 
mental health that we don't talk mm. about. God, yeah. Yeah, well, we know how important. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, Wolf, the, uh, he's getting ready. Um, but, like, the whole thing in psychology, like, we know there's been a lot of research on that loss of control, how much that affects a person. And that, that's mm. what it boils down to, isn't it? It's feeling like you don't have yeah. the autonomy to to protect yourself or to do things that other people can do really easily mm. and you know it, it yeah. this is going to affect you it's you know it's, yeah. it's one of the most <laughs> terrible yeah things. I, i'm <laughs> getting surprisingly honest on this podcast and i don't know why <laughs> i'm really secret <laughs> you say that like you were planning to, things to us the whole way through <laughs> <laughs> no i just i didn't expect it to go down this route you know like i kind of you know when i kind of like because i've had been vi to some extent from birth so I've always had that feeling of kind of like being like slightly ostracized and like slightly out of the know and like powerless to my peers. And then, you know, as I blossomed into a woman, um, you know, and then that kind of sexualization of myself happened, you know, and and at one point my body was violated quite badly. And then it just became this complete like, I'm going to take the power back so nobody can do it to me. Right. It like it, I very much went that direction where mm. I like internalized the power struggle instead of turning around and saying, Hey, actually certain men and certain sighted people and, you know, have been abusing their power over me. And that's a problem. Instead, I internalized it and almost tried to like, puff my chest up um and that was just led me down just like a crazy unhealthy path like mm. that shouldn't have happened anyways mm. I'm gonna shut up for a bit now <laughs> <laughs> so like this kind of like this kind of conversation that we've been having is one of the things that really frustrates me about like when like, and this is kind of making it about me, but, you know, so, like, when transphobes say, like, you know, act like, you know, there's some kind of ulterior motive, like, you know, that there's something, I, the reason I transitioned was because there is some inherent benefit about being a woman that I, that I want, you know, not like I could be a feminine man and, you know, have all the male privilege that still be feminine, but no, but it's like, people will say that and it's like if if I I've been like on hormones for like you know about two and a half years now um I've been doing this for a while and it's like if if like um I could just you know take it all back and and say if it was just like you know I, I don't like being a woman anymore like there's all this thing all these things I have to worry about I'm just gonna go back like so many people would do that but like that's that's just like a reason not to like an inherent thing in my biology or like my my makeup or like whatever and the whole like power versus weakness is such it's like very different for me because like on one hand if I'm like too powerful as a trans woman people are going to call me a man but if I'm too weak as a trans woman then people are just going to say that I'm kind of like you know full fulfilling patriarchal toxic stereotypes of what a woman should be and it's like 
you know, I don't want to do that. Um, mm. You know, I am, I am like more feminine by design, but I, I don't want to be powerless at the same time. I don't really want to be called a man either. So it's like such a delicate balance. And yeah, it's, um, it's a thing. Yeah, I can, I, I completely empathize with that. Um, I, I see a lot online about like, I don't know how anyone else feels about this, but kind of throwing throwing around the word um, empowered a lot and making people feel empowered. And I feel like I'm more empowered now as a woman than I definitely was. Um, and I'm kind of like, you know, like I've come to terms with that. But sometimes as a blind person, I feel like it's kind of hard to empower blind people because... Mm-hmm. The idea of empowering suggests that you're bringing somebody up to an equal standing, right? And as a woman, there's no reason I shouldn't be at an equal standing. As a bisexual, there's no reason I shouldn't be at an equal standing. But as a blind person, there is arguments to make that I shouldn't be at an equal standing. Yeah. Like, no, I should not be a surgeon. Like, you know, like, Uh, No, I should not, you know, (laughs) be a painter decorator. That's going to end badly, right? And so when when people say to me, like, oh, you know, I hope you feel empowered as a disabled person. It's like, I feel empowered as a woman. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel empowered as a bisexual person. I I just feel blind as a blind person. That's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel empowered by it. I definitely definitely get that, like on the level of being blind, for sure. I think we all get that. Um, Luckily, at this point, you know, when you are like, you know, part of two communities that are like so frequently misunderstood, you kind of have to, it's kind of left up to you and the people most closest to you to empower you. So I've kind of learned to empower myself. But from wider society, I have the same thing about the blindness and stuff. But, you know, when it comes to discourse about women, um, whenever the trans stuff gets brought up, it, I get the impression that people are basically saying in more words, like, know your place, know that you are living as a woman, but you are not one. You know, you don't get to have the same level of empowerment that cis women have because you're not a real woman. and you know that that's led to a huge identity crisis it's like 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 I said luckily I've been able to empower myself and also luckily I have you know a lot of women around me who have kind of like taken me in and like you know empowered me as a woman treated me as the woman I am and I have that but when it comes to wider society I'm always scared to talk about, like, for example, being a strong woman or, like, you know, empowering empowering myself as a woman anyway, because it's, like, I feel like even if people don't say it, they're thinking, mm, you know, empower yourself as a trans woman because you're, you're not like us. You know, you don't get the same empowering messages that we do, like, know your place. Stay well, your feminism, feminism should be... Uh, absolutely intersectional and Mm -hmm. include the experiences of women like you because you are a real woman so 
like if the the term is turf right trans exclusionary radical feminist there's a reason they have a different term because as far as i'm concerned they're not real feminists Mm. Um, so just know that I that's my that's my affirmation for you today there you go <laughs> thank you it's like people it's part of the feminism community should be empowering you as much as you should be able to empower yourself you should also have that from the wider community and yeah. I'm sorry that you don't yeah it, it's just like these feminists like act as if like you know I'm I'm saying that you know my experience is exactly the same as any other cis woman it it just isn't and I like most trans people will admit that openly but I like to me in my mind that doesn't have to make me less of a woman I'm just like a different kind of woman right Mm. yeah you could say any kind of like even like being a really tall woman you might not have that you know there are situations that smaller women might feel like really vulnerable and you might not feel as vulnerable in that situation and it's no reason to be like yeah. you're not one of us I've heard arguments it's like well trans women don't have periods and it's like well there are loads of cisgendered women who don't have periods <laughs> yeah <laughs> loads if, if, if every woman who goes through the menopause no longer a woman like is that how that works like the and some never get that period it's almost yeah, like post, only value you as a woman if you have reproductive capabilities. Which yeah, it's, it's know almost that... as if that <laughs> you get through a patriarchal lens, <laughs> isn't it? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, that idea of like, they, they can't be real women, they don't have a womb. It's like, <laughs> some cis women don't either. So, right. you know... <laughs> So you are a real woman, and different women have different experiences, and that's fine, and that's okay. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Sorry, I'm passionate about this. <laughs> no, I think these are good messages. Like, I really like this conversation, and, you know, I think these these kind of conversations, especially, like, at a place where we are, like, at the intersection of so many, like, you know, we have, like, blind bi women blind trans women in in this group and and these are conversations that you never have you can have conversations about blindness well hardly ever there like on on you know youtube or anything you're not really going to find it you have to go in specialized groups but you can have them you can have conversations about being trans bi asexual whatever but it's very rare that there are conversations that incorporate like all of them together like it yeah I feel like a lot of people are just like you know you don't see it so it's like it doesn't exist to you like yeah yeah definitely and I I think it took me other people might relate to it but it took me a while to realize that I was living that intersectional life Mm. like it took, and I think that was part of my problem with like feeling powerless and me kind of acting out about it, because I always felt kind of like, I am a woman and I am blind and I am bisexual. It's like, no, I'm just a blind bisexual woman whose name is Ellie who likes knitting, right? Like, <laughs> that's how it should have been. But I felt like there were these like three things in my life that I couldn't like get control of. Hmm. You know, and, and until I started to kind of notice how the patterns were weaving together, 
that's when I felt the most like at peace with it in a way because I was like oh I understand it now like I understand how these things are connected and instead of trying to deal with like the three separate issues sporadically I was able to kind of bring them together and 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 I hate the word but like heal as one because I am one person I just mm. happen to have these three identities yeah yeah I used to find that like when I first went blind I used to have this thing about not wanting to tell people and I struggled with coming to terms with it and I felt like it wasn't a part of me like it was I felt like it was kind of separate from who I was and I struggled with kind of accepting that some started treating me differently but I feel like now it's been it's been about seven and a half years now and I feel like being blind you know that's just a part of me and um, I've been <laughs> the reason I mean the fact that I'm blind has you know become such a big part of me and it's taught me a lot of things in life so I see it as like a positive thing now that's a really good thing I'm, I'm glad that you've like gotten to that point because I yeah. worry about people who don't me too yeah is this yeah. a natural place to end do we think I was actually going to say something else. Oh, okay, go for it. I don't know. I, I, you know. I was just saying, like, you try to cut off a woman's conversation, Carla. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just saying, like, I find that totally relatable, like, what Cecilia was saying about, like, not wanting to make it apparent. Like, even with someone like me, who's, like, I don't really have a lot of choice a lot of the time, but, like, it's just, like, you know society when it comes to disabilities like society like simultaneously tells you that you need to accept it and also mm. tells you that you know you shouldn't be this like not that like literally you shouldn't but like you're you're different there's there's something wrong with you you're not like us so like who wouldn't want to try and hide that if they had the option mm. yeah definitely I think there comes a point where like truly feeling empowered is being comfortable with all of those things yeah and truly kind of understanding that the world you, you know you don't have control of the world's reaction to you but being firm enough in yourself that when there is negative reactions when you are taken advantage of or, or hurt or looked down upon or whatever it is I think true power is being strong enough in yourself as a blind person, really, a particularly blind woman and particularly blind LGBTQ plus woman. Um, true power is being able to be resilient enough to bounce back from that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, like, and, and there's like some, like, I think I've pretty much, like, honestly, like I said, I, I need to touch wood as I'm saying this. I don't want to say But, like, in my life, like, you know, it's not really the fact that I'm trans most of the time at the moment that 
bothers me because like I said I, I am like a woman who passes um I do have a family that you know embraces me as their daughter which is more than anyone can ask for and if that was the only issue then yeah I mean like there's always that fear like you always have to practice that caution around people but I find these days it's mostly the blindness like because rightfully so like you know even though there are so many bad messages about like trans people and toxic rhetoric it's like at the same time you know it's kind of come to a point where like you know people are starting to accept it I feel like the trans movement is kind of like the gay movement in like the 90s or the early 2000s at this point so we've still got a way to go but you know we're far from like we were like in in like the 90s or something but so like that's not so much an issue for me but it's the blindness it's it just really is like that is the thing that you know no one's you know there's not been a viral hashtag to understand blind or disabled people and so like that is kind of what makes me feel more alienated than being trans and I still feel alienated to being trans sometimes especially when I see the rhetoric that go on even though they personally affect me that's kind of like a community wide kind of like this is what could happen to you so you better be careful but when it comes to in my real life that I've act that I actually experienced now it's the blindness and so I am not at the point where I can be empowered in being blind yet I haven't people always say like oh you know if you've always been blind then you must be so accepting of it I'm not I'm really not and hopefully I will get to that point but at the moment it's just I see how different it makes me and it's hard to accept that completely I can I completely completely understand that and um it's it's about time and I'm sure other disabilities feel this way as well you know I'm sure mm-hmm. it's us. and I think it's about time that uh blind and disabled people got their hashtags and Absolutely. got their got their hashtags me too and you know having conversations like this is a I hope a stepping stone toward that yeah my heart that like someone who is like either cis or sighted or like straight listens to this podcast and and kind of like I mean it's not like I'm going out to like change or radicalize people but it's my hope that people at least listen to this and like understand particularly the the problems like when it comes to the disabled community and how invisible it's ironic right because like everyone is invisible to me yet it feels like I'm invisible to everyone you know so it's my hope that people do listen and people do un- like try and understand this these kind of things 100 percent I feel like maybe that is a good, good yeah. 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 I'm okay. I'm okay for a man to cut us off here. <laughs> we give you permission. Thank you for that. <laughs> Generally, a very good uh, line, Taylor, about the um, people are invisible to you, but you feel like you're invisible and. That was poetry. I, I love yeah. that. I'm going to get that. Yeah, me too. No, that, that <laughs> I'm going to get that crushed in yeah, on my that, wall. That <laughs> 
merch than yeah. a t-shirt yes. and that. No, that was, that was a great line. And um, it's, I mean, you sort of summed up my personal hopes and sort of my motivation for doing this podcast in general. And, uh, well, thank you to the four of you for taking part in this episode and previous episodes and hopefully future episodes. Thanks for giving us the platform. Mm, Certainly. And uh, the irony is not lost on me for anyone who's wondering that this conversation held by four women is being started and ended by a man. Uh, you know, a straight white man at that. Uh, uh, my blind, my blindness is what makes me a minority. Uh, <laughs> and on a previous episode, you revealed that you're a bit ginger. So, well, yeah, in my beard. Uh, yeah, another minority. Yes, yeah, that's some points. <laughs> I didn't answer that. Uh, uh, thanks, my thanks for my Irish heritage there. Uh, <laughs> But uh, on that, I just thought I'd quickly say, when you guys were talking about the eating as a blind person, that's a different element for me to consider ever since I've had a beard, is because it's not as easy to wipe off. Um, like, if you just get food on your cheek, it's very easy to wipe off. But now that I have a beard, it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, the hard oh, no, it's just something oh, that aren't made we me all think glad of. we're not men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as well as you should be, of course, because oh, there's no, you know, obviously no other hardship on your side. None at all, as uh, we very much, ad- as well, you very much addressed that. Compared yeah. to your struggle, Callum. I mean, we're yeah, very lucky. We're talking about the male side. We all, we all, it's. Uh... We all have our crosses to bear. Thank you for sharing, Callum. <laughs> I just thought it was an amusing uh, an- anecdote to share. No. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. you know, we get a bit of afters, you know, yeah. savor it. So, yeah, I mean, some people generally do do that, and I, I just know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't imagine it looks great. That kind of that kind of thing, but anyway. But no, um, thank you again to the four of you. Again, uh, some great uh, things addressed there and certainly very important things uh, to be brought to people's attention because, again, as I said at the beginning, I'm very aware that I am not qualified to talk about that. I may consider myself a feminist, but at the end of the day... You know, it's not something that I experience personally. So, Which all the things you guys mentioned. Filthy man. <laughs> with a, with yeah. a filthy beard. <laughs> well, I've been to, I've been told it looks I've been told it looks good. That's why I've still got it. So, because obviously, as a blind person, not something I could, um, you know, comment on myself. But again, uh, thank you to you, Taylor. And thank you, Cecilia. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yes, thank you, Ellie. 
Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you to men. <laughs> All hail men. Thank you to men. <laughs> I mean, legitimately uh, nice that you seem to uh, find it quite therapeutic at points. I mean, I did. I got a, I got a bit deep there. Didn't expect mm. that to happen, but uh, I think no, I did no. too. Like, it, I never talk about like these things usually. Um, so it was nice to, especially like talking about them with a platform. So it was really nice to be able to have that. Yes, and uh, obviously, uh, best to last. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you very much. Yeah, and I guess thank you to your dogs for actually being quiet. I know they were. They kept it themselves. Yeah, I think was it? Ted. Ted tried to <laughs> interrupt, but then he realised his did, place. Right. I told him yeah. no, Ted. It's International Women's Day. Yeah. Shut up. Thank God you listen to women for one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, thank you to everyone for listening, and until next time, goodbye. Well, that was a very informative chat. Hopefully, you found it educational and somewhat entertaining. You can follow me on Twitter at the blind Brennan. Send an email to theblindbrennan at gmail.com or join the Facebook group Listen With Your Eyes. If you can like, share and rate the podcast, that would be very much appreciated. You've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time. <laughs>